Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are finishing up our roundabout in the weird blood cave glowing city thing, as per our patron Diploraptor's instructions. Uh, last episode was a trip, and we started off with a twist, which was Aliens Did It. But before we get into today's episode, I want to remind everyone that if you want us to build your world, you can go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, and submit a link. Or you can go to our Discord, where we now have a little link that allows you to submit straight from the Discord. Also, we have a Discord. If you want to follow us on social media, we are over on Twitter at Let's World Build. And if you're feeling particularly generous, like Diploraptor, you can go to our Patreon with a link for that in the description. By the way, Patreon episodes continue to come out. Uh, I don't say this enough, but you get the episodes, the podcast episodes, at least a week early. You get exclusive patron content and... Uh, if you submit a prompt, you get priority over people who aren't patrons, along with like other Discord bonuses and stuff like that. So yeah, that's our Patreon. If you want to give us more money or or any amount of money, we always thank, thank, thank you so much for doing that. And enough of the shilling, on to the episode. So last we left off, our twist was Aliens Did It. And Courtney, how did you reconcile that twist? So I was actually thinking that the humans are actually aliens on this planet encroaching on the natural habitat of the completely innocent psychic bat spiders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've we've now turned this movie, we've turned it into the movie Pitch Black starring Vin Diesel. Okay. <laughs> I'm into I'm kind of into it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have it super built out. I was just thinking that somewhere in the past, it could be like quite a long time ago maybe the current human inhabitants have even kind of forgotten their origins but at some point um somehow humans had traveled through space to this planet colonized it to some extent and this is the the remnants of that i see Mm. interesting uh daniel what did you think of the twist um i i had similar feelings except i didn't want it to be straight sci-fi in this traditional sense Mm -hmm. so i thought perhaps the city is in fact a starship that's embedded in this this place mm. but it's not your typical cool. kind of starship it's like a mm. spelljammer sort of thing and we're dealing with like a science fantasy sort of realm so it's it, you're traveling not through space but the psychic domain or something mm. and oh. this realm we're in is it's lodged in some other realm at the moment that's pretty cool yeah. but i like the idea that the humans are the travelers and they've they're impinging on this alien place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that unfortunately really clashes with mine, <laughs> uh, which is the sun goddess as we know her is not an is not a goddess at all, but just a very powerful alien entity. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the the chrysalis, be, you know, like this the ziggurat being a chrysalis last mm-hmm. time. Right. And I wanted to. I was like, oh well. You know, eventually it's going to curl out and then a giant face hugger is going to come down. But <laughs> actually, I, I made sure that the sun goddess is still good in some way. Like, yeah, she still requires, you know, like blood and psychic energy for her to metamorphosize. But she's still gen generally good. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not going to I am not going to have her plop down and then 
you know, chest burst out of some other <laughs> alien god entity. That's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I mean, we could still use that. Like perhaps, yeah. um, you know, one of the aliens was taken on board or something when they got there. And there's some kind of symbiosis that was originally intended. Mm-hmm. It, it could also be that the sun goddess herself, uh, maybe this was some, it, maybe it was some other kind of uh, creature or uh, sentient being and this metamorphosis is brought on by them coming to this realm, this kind of underdark cave and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe the humans saw this change and they were like, that must be a goddess because look at what mm-hmm. it's doing. It's providing us light and stuff like that. Yeah, it could have even been like an accidental discovery about the whole blood thing. Like maybe at some point blood was spilled mm-hmm. in that area and then things started to like very subtly glow and they realized that, oh, the more blood we give this the more light we get start cutting the more protection we get from the outside exactly i mean (laughs) we said that like there's a structure in the city that's not part of not designed by the city it's that cigarette thing in the middle i mean if if Mm -hmm. this if the city itself was some sort of vessel that arrived there and the the ziggurat is native to this place with which has the the queen in it maybe she's Mm -hmm. like um you know this the slake moth queen and they're they're oh interfacing with her like um is a positive was a positive thing originally but now because the mm. moths are separated from their queen there's some kind of animosity uh, oh they've lost control uh, basically yeah okay yeah. interesting yeah that is kind of interesting so it's almost like if the glow wasn't there and the weird uh, illithid spider bats were there, mm-hmm. like it would actually be fine. But the fact that the glow is there prevents them from being like under the hive mind of yeah. the goddess, essentially. Right. right. And so like in a way they're using her power, but she doesn't, cool. you know, she's not intended to be used that way. And the ship itself is an impediment to them. Right. Yeah. Maybe like their use of her and their, their sacrifice of blood to her is actually changing her in some way like she she was yeah originally supposed to kind of metamorphosize into something else but because humans arrived and um are giving her their life force Mm -hmm. she's she's been twisted in some way yeah she's imprinting on humans now instead of the weird uh slake moths that we were talking about Mm -hmm. last episode maybe Mm -hmm. that's the nature of a queen like you know, like in any hive, a queen has special uh, status and ability. Maybe part of it is their queens, like they imprint on the, the psyche of the thing that feeds them. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. she's every time there's a person who like, because we have the annual sacrifice, who like interfaces mm-hmm. with her in that way. You know, mm-hmm. it moves her closer to humanity and further away from slake mothdom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which, which, again, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Right. I, mm-hmm. I think that we want to try and take like morality of good and evil out of this. Mm-hmm. It's just that this metamorphosis is different than the usual cycle and that yeah. is causing massive disruption as a result, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the moths, there may be a subset that find this interesting. There may be the majority of them that don't like this and they find it a profane, you know, like, so it's all a matter of perspective in this case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that they're not in fact moths, but they are in fact horrible eyeless <laughs> spiders that also have bat wings or uh-huh. can make bat wings out of mm-hmm. their silk. So I, I just want to bring that up because I think moths are kind of cute overall, 
Uh, I don't think that these weird abominations are in any league next to a moth. So I want to make sure that that's clear. Yeah. I mean, he was saying sleek moths, like Perdido. Yeah, yeah. Style. No, I, I, I yeah. get that. Like, I, because they're feeding on psychic energies and stuff right. like that. Mm. I just want to make sure that we're yeah. on the same train about oh, yeah. these horrifying. I'm views. definitely picturing yeah. something yeah. far more horrific in my mind when I say that. But you know, what? I, you know what? I agree with you. I think moths are cute. They and are my cute. wife hates moths. She hates them. <laughs> Is Aww. why? Like why is she that? just doesn't like them? Like she's murderous against them. I don't mind them. Wow. Does she like butterflies though? Um. Yeah, she likes butterflies. Well, that's mm. wow. That's... <laughs> See, I actually had to kill a bunch of moths because we got pantry moths when oh, we no. were gone on mm. our on our trip. Mm. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. So we ended up getting a bunch of glue traps, and it was like mm. a fucking bloodbath. But. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I bear no ill will towards moths. Otherwise, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like I mean, other than them eating sweaters, you know, but that's about yes, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. But but I'm generally the type of person who will like let spiders and like mustache bugs kind of like chill and mm-hmm. live because I'm like, hey, you're doing the good stuff for us, you know. What are mustache bugs? They're those things. They're like uh, house centipedes. Oh, is what those things called. are fucking terrifying. They I know look that, terrifying. I know that they're, they're fine, but they, oh, I hate those they things. look creepy as shit. <laughs> they are better than fine. They are oh, yeah. actively eating all of the pests within your I home. Know, I know. Yeah, but they they're look nightmares. Look like they, yeah, they look nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. They can't help that they look spooky. Okay, mm-hmm. like I I remember making a joke with my wife from like he can't help it. He doesn't understand <laughs> that he's terrifying to us. I you know, know like so so and, and again. All they do is eat pests, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm 100 pro mustache bug. So what I'm hearing here is that we should have a giant house centipede type creature in this. I world would genuinely <laughs> like that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I think centipedes are cool, and I, I mean, like uh, in a fantasy sense, right? Like mm-hmm. I think centipedes as a monster are like the perfect D and D monster as like a low level or even like a mid level type of monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the especially if, if you've seen the giant ones that eat like rats and stuff oh, like yeah. that, yeah, those are horrifying. Are. Dear God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should add a little bit more centipedes here. I'm sure we. Mm-hmm. Can, you know what? I'm sure that we can add some centipedes somewhere <laughs> to this story. Daniel, where do you think we should add centipedes? I mean, there's lots of dark spaces out in the the wilds where we said there were monsters. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty easy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone have a centipede based faction by any chance? Unfortunately, no. Missed that <sighs> opportunity. Damn. Nope. All right. I, I well, well. There's one segue gone. Uh, I, I guess that someone else. Daniel, start us off with your faction today. Then would you like uh, a faction that lives in the city or a faction that lives outside the city? My my faction lives outside the city. So okay. why don't you have yours in the city and we can? Mine's go also in the city. Okay. So I was I was thinking about um, things you can do with the sunstone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I just I want like glow in the dark Jedi Knights. So <laughs> I thought like you've got to have you've got to have these zealous clerics that defend the city from all the night creatures. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got some kind of fighting force in there because the world is the, the, the night is dark and full of terrors. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought perhaps um, there are these like Jedi Knight type characters who train and worship the goddess and they shape their the sunstone into these weapons that they can take into mm. the dark and fight with. And they only glow for so long, right? Cause the sunstone, we know dims. Um, so they only have so long to get out there and do whatever they have to do, but they're like, you know, righteous and they have like cool golden armor and stuff. Um, and they're monk-like. 
so that's that's it's pretty straightforward. Gotcha. We can twist mm-hmm. that if you like, but that's the basic. So there's space paladin. There's space basically. Paladins, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blow in the dark. Okay. Yeah. Do okay. Do they have when when they take out their space laser swords, right? Yep. Um, do they make proprietary noises that we would get sued by Disney if we played? Well, so it'll be like uh, legally distinct noises. So instead of like the noise, it's like, you know, when you turn on like a really powerful lamp and it makes that humming noise instead of the, the buzzing yeah. noise, it's mm-hmm. closer mm-hmm. to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Um, who can do their best, uh, lightsaber impression? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not good with sound effects yeah me neither oh wow you guys suck <laughs> how are you how are you on a podcast that uses your mouth noises and you're not even willing to give it a shot no. you know what i want you at least to try i want to hear you at least try and we oh can God. keep it in no. and that's content you're you this is what <laughs> happens when you're on a podcast you're now a content farm let me mm-hmm. see if i can find a sound effect to, to cheat this somehow Hold on. No, you I you <laughs> need to use your mouth in order to do this. It's, it's just not it like makes you like a room it. noise, you know? That's what Jedi's <laughs> like do. You know, it's like a, okay. like a vacuum. You know cleaner. what? I'll I'll break the ice. I will okay. break the ice. I okay. know that I'm tormenting you both right now. Yeah. I will break the ice and I will start with <laughs> like that's the <laughs> that's best that I got. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. Oh, that's you know? good. Yeah, that was good. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney, um, what does your lightsaber sound like? God. <laughs> I, I hate you, Ralph. <laughs> um, I will scour the shame off of you, I swear. I was hearing more of a kind of thing. like Ooh, it's, it's quieter. That sounds like yeah, that sounds like like a wind brushing near me. <laughs> like like a, a, more like modulation. It may be like like oh okay oh okay. like yeah. on basically okay. yeah yeah, yeah uh-huh. when they're like turning it on mm-hmm. yeah so we need like more vibrato like more vibration in that <laughs> yeah okay i gotcha i'm thinking okay. like you know when you have like a really powerful flare or something it's probably like that mm-hmm. or just like glow it like kind of glows a lot it makes glowing noise mm-hmm. okay yeah i can i can get down with yeah. that. that's fine i could see that being really cool for like a game to run where you have you know a set amount of time and your mm-hmm. your light sword totally not a lightsaber it gets like dimmer and dimmer over time yeah. and it gets darker and more claustrophobic as you adventure on yeah well see that's why i have my faction which are a group of rangers oh, who work with the city but are not of the city uh similarly to daniel I, I thought that we were going to be in the same kind of boat and i was actually about to be really mad but <laughs> Uh, my group are essentially ranger. I-, I was thinking about the people who are living not in the city, yeah. right? There are people, I'm assuming they're like nomadic groups who are kind of like doing their own thing. Some don't know about the city, some do. So there's got to be a group of people who are out there protecting humanity against mm-hmm. the things that skitter in the Underdark. So there's this group, uh, they're essentially rangers and they utilize bioluminescent material to... They essentially use it as like tattoos or use it in Mm. in their armor and their clothing and stuff like that. So they can be mini beacons and they can also, it helps them see because they're not of the city. They don't need the sunstone to like kind of live and they don't need to see the glow or Mm. anything like that. But they're also the people who they drive people towards the city and they, they say, this is a place of hope. 
this is a place of safety if you're willing to pay the price. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to pay the blood tithe, you can go and live there in relative safety compared to this horrible nightmare expanse of the underworld. <laughs> I, I love the the bioluminescence because I can picture them finding yeah, like glowing sea slugs and like wrapping it around their wrists or something, you know, weird stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like blue as opposed to the gold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking some kind of a moss as well. Mm-hmm. So you can have like even a pink color as well. It's probably dimmer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even like, their diet could um, impact it. Like if they eat bioluminescent stuff oh. enough that they start to glow themselves. That's cool. Mm, kind of like how, cool. um, how like flamingos, they get their really vibrant pink color uh-huh. from, from all eating the shrimp. They shrimp. Eat, right? Yeah. 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 That's cool. We, we can definitely do something with that. I, I just imagine this group being like a bunch of hardened, badass survivalists. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're essentially shepherds who bring people in like and preppers. the city mayor, What's that? They're like preppers, basically. Kind of, but like more benevolent. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they're not, they're Less not solo. like just trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not trying to just hunker down and like take care of themselves. Right. They're the ones actively wandering, mm-hmm. you know, the the landscape looking for people to save and, and make sure that they're okay. One question I have for you then is like, <laughs> what, what, why do they prefer the dark? Like, why don't they themselves try and join the city? Is there something that keeps them out mm-hmm. there that they, that they like? They like the they like the wilderness. They like the ability to move around. Mm-hmm. They think that the cities are stifling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of the it's kind of the difference between people who are city folk and people who are you know want to go out and oh, live okay. in the mountains. And mm-hmm. these are the people who want to live in the mountains. Except there is also a subset of people who you know they think that they can help. They think that they can genuinely make a change in the world. They're like Aragorns, underdark Aragorns. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually had that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. He's yeah. got like the bioluminescent bits of armor. So it's like they're stealthy <laughs> and they glow just, just enough, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine that you can also cover up the parts that are bioluminescent. Yeah, you have if you to. Need to mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Cause you can see that in the game too. Like imagine you stealth mission. Like, all right, you gotta oh, yeah. decide whether to turn your lights on and off, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, I can also imagine like if we wanted to bring in the centipedes, like I would like to, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, we can have them like use chitin armor or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. because I feel like that would be thematically appropriate, especially because they're essentially scavengers as well, along with the centipede. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and they could also take venom from the centipedes, like yes. put their weapons in that. That's that's a good point as well. Yeah, I bet that the um, glow in the dark Jedi are kind of a pain in the ass to them because they just roll <laughs> yes. in there, shining real bright, directing all their crap to them, and they're just trying. They're trying to sneak around and get people safe. And these bastards, they just they just ruin everything because they're so bright. I I partially agree with that, but I think that because there's both like a benevolent side to both of them. Oh yeah, I imagine they're like. Oh, thank God you're here. Take these people yeah, off of back. me. I have like, mm-hmm. yeah, and like, and get out of here. I have more people to find, you know? I could see a buddy cop situation where like, <laughs> you know, like one yes. of the, the glow in the dark Jedi's um, gets lost from his group and his stuff is all gone dark. And now he gets mm. found by one of the ranger types and they have to, he teaches him more about how to survive in the dark without the sunstone. And, yep. and then mm. he learns also a little bit more about civilization from that guy and vice versa, you know? Yep. And then one of them is only one day from retirement. Yes. You know, right? It's like their last ride. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Mm, I like it. Yeah. This also makes me wonder about like the people who are living outside the city and if 
if it was like a spacecraft that landed at some point in the past, why are those people out there? Maybe they um, come from some faction that initially split off because oh. they didn't like the um, the sun goddess concept. Mm -hmm. They were freaked out by it. They were like, you guys have fun with that. We're going to go out and forge your own path out here. Maybe they know the true lore. Mm. Well, They're I think elders. it could also be something. I think it could be also something like the part with the goddess that crashed that was like the, the essentially the no. Okay, so I'm going to bring up a Star Trek reference. <sighs> really? So, so you know how in TNG, like you see the thing separate for what is essentially the first time. The, right? the saucer from Enterprise. Yeah, yep. you see the So imagine that the saucer is the city, mm -hmm. but there's still a shit ton of people that are still left in the other bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So imagine that like whatever part is is least populated is the part that like got jammed into the beacon of the city and the rest crashed somewhere else mm -hmm. on the planet mm -hmm. and so oh, there's now fragments it's... of the ship throughout the planet exactly yeah. cool and yeah. so maybe they tried to like stay in place and hunker down mm -hmm. and then that worked out to varying degrees uh mm -hmm. of of success and then eventually but the the beacon city mm -hmm. is the one that's like no this is the one this is mm -hmm. the city like that you, you go to you know because I, I i like courtney had kind of a issue understanding what would like what these other people were doing yeah. out there yeah. you know i like that because um mm -hmm. you can now have people who have knowledge of the past that are you know separated there's hunks of technology left, and whether you mm -hmm. categorize, whether you um, depict the ship as being like classic sci-fi that's actually travel a ship from space, or if it's some science fantasy where they've like been phased into this underground realm, you know, like you can still have the weird situation where the ship is broken apart. Yeah, and with the people who are kind of outsiders, maybe there's some kind of cultural taboo that has kind of come in. Like I remember last episode, we said that we didn't want to use metal. And maybe the people outside of the glowing city or the golden dawn are like the people who are using metal because uh, yeah, that's yeah. what their ship had or pieces of that ship had or something. Like yeah. That. Mm -hmm. It also gives a good opportunity for like larger settlements outside of the city rather yeah. than just tiny little groups. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like if there was uh, an engine in particular that broke off with survivors, mm -hmm. maybe that engine is being, is still being used, but as like a power source for a, a smaller city or larger town type thing. Yep. As long as we don't end up with cities in any way comparable to the main one. Oh, no, no, Because that no. would one of our tenants. Yeah. yeah. I'm picturing like a little like shitty like junk city yeah. versus this like glowing like majestic stone. It's a metropolis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, like it's not even the difference between New York and say like like Omaha. It's the difference between like New York and like a shack city yes, somewhere. A trailer park. You know, like <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually that's that's mm -hmm. that's perhaps a more apt yeah. uh, uh mm -hmm. you know kind of metaphor for it is like this is a this is the equivalent of a trailer park, mm -hmm. but it's still a community and it's still full of people who, you know, Bandit are, are good folks. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. It's just like in terms of like what the communities might look like, that would work. Yeah. Uh Daniel and I did our factions, mm -hmm. Courtney. Uh, why don't you hit us with yours? All right. So it's kind of interesting because Rob, you had a fully wilderness one. Daniel, yours is kind of like half wilderness, half city. And mine is fully city. 
um, cool. I was thinking of uh, a group of acolytes who are very devoted to the sun goddess concepts and they're the ones who are basically as often as possible draining themselves of blood as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the ones who are like really sustaining it for the most part between these annual sacrifices and picturing them as like pale, but not necessarily frail because I could see that maybe they're given more uh, sustenance than most other citizens because mm. they have such like a high level role. Interesting. They're like blood clerics, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just I just wanted to bring more blood sacrifice into the setting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, it makes sense. We need we need the clerical class. So like I guess mine is more mm. like the warrior class for these clerics, but they need like an actual clerical class, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. close to the queen and the knowledge that's kept there in in that cigarette. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, you're you're the paladins, you know, you're right. the crusader type, mm-hmm. as opposed to Courtney's priest or acolyte is an appropriate term mm-hmm. so yeah it makes me wonder is there a parallel in the rangers mm. what do you mean like there's like some kind of shaman type yeah or something that someone is holding the knowledge on the dark and the darkness too interesting huh yeah maybe maybe they're doing some like weird shit with hallucinogenic properties of the centipedes oh. that they take down oh that's or... a druid for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would make sense i mean yeah i, I could see that and, and you know mm. you can they're they're the folks out there who are druid who are brewing potions of like dark vision. Mm-hmm. So it's like you drink this, you're gonna get really high, <laughs> but you can also see in the dark, mm-hmm. you know. Or it's like, or or actually, they're giving out mushrooms that are like you microdose this and you can see in the dark. <laughs> but if you take too much, you will trip balls. So yeah, don't yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> actually. I imagine that like tripping on some kind of like hardcore hallucinogen while also looking at a glowing city with a giant like chrysalis <laughs> would be like an ultra mind fuck. Like, yeah. oh my God. You just watching the chrysalis open and bloom like a flower. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> How do you uh, imagine the clerics um, like looking and being styled? Oh, good point. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, like pale because they're they're giving so much of their blood so often, mm-hmm. but they're still like well fed and like healthy builds and stuff. So they're not fat basement nerds is what you're <laughs> no, telling me. No, they're not fat basement nerds. <laughs> what, you, what about their clothing? That's what I'm trying to vision. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's yeah, a good point. Um, I hadn't really thought too much of that, but I think probably something with like loose drapey sleeves so that they can easily you know roll up their sleeves and mm. go to town on their arms i was envisioning wrappings around their arms mm. you know like some, yeah. something that will i guess like permanent bandages basically yeah or yeah. or like some kind of ritual bandage but it, yeah. it's like a nicer so it's like it's going to stop the blood flow but it's also you can peel it back fairly easily and mm-hmm. you know like let that happen yeah yeah, I like that idea yeah it actually would what would be really cool is they start off blue and through continual bloodletting, they eventually become purple. <laughs> That's so weird. I like that. Yeah. Like that. Because like you eventually you start to bleed on them so much from your healing and stuff mm. like that. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's even how they do their ranks essentially. Like if you're a new acolyte, you're yeah. in these like pale blue robes, but the really high ranking ones. It's exactly what I was thinking. Are, you know, like yeah, the more completely you ble- purple. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm. For a moment that, there, I thought you meant their flesh. 
<laughs> oh no! no like no, wow, no, 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 that no, would that's strange. a lot. Yeah. They're clothing. We're just going full alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I meant the wrapping. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that idea a lot. That's cool. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then of course they would need like special sacrificial daggers or knives of of some sort. Mm-hmm. Maybe even they're made out of the same stuff that um the paladins make their weapons out of. Sunstone, oh. blood letters, glowing stone. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something like congealed bloodstone or something like that. Oh, it's a stone made of blood, or a dagger made of blood. Yeah, that's that's mixed with liquefied sunstone. Or like the stone has absorbed so much of it, Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, it's red sunstone. So they they look like crystalline daggers or something like Mm -hmm. that. They glow red. What I'm curious about, right? The whole thing has a sinister edge to it. So how do we Mm -hmm. take your acolytes and not just have them look like? blood-soaked maniacs all the time how do we make it so they're like genuine pillars of the community going around and doing good for folks mm-hmm. what are they doing to make sure that they don't look like cultists that would like that if it, like if a D group came into this city and they saw them they'd be like mm-hmm. well they're evil they gotta go yeah. Yeah. How do we how do we make it so those murder hobos might pause for a second while looking at this group? <laughs> um maybe they're also the healers of the of the city. Like they're the ones with healing magic or some sort of healing skill. Actually, thematically appropriate considering that they hurt themselves consistently to give blood. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've also got something that can help. Mm-hmm. They're all young adults, children, no older than um underneath 18 that's not helping because that's just an indoctrinated (laughs) like religious it will stop the murder hobos because then they'll be murdering children nope no that doesn't stop it'll just make the murder hobos murder everybody else that's true they'll murder to save the children yeah no that's that's (laughs) not gonna work daniel alternatively it would make it look like we're in some kind of like maze runner slash like um (laughs) hunger games situation where it's like how dare this Why government? Why at least save the children? Yeah, like the, the children are cut up and bloody. We got to take this oh government down. <laughs> no. I save the children at the expense of everyone else in the city. Yeah, maybe just be not doing that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I like the healing yeah. aspect. Yeah. Maybe there. Maybe there's something else that I think might work as well. Is these are missionaries who go down into the areas of the city that are dusky. Mm -hmm. So like on the cusps and they're like, they're the ones who are handing out food to the people Mm -hmm. who are like maybe newer to the city, haven't found their footing yet. Maybe they're also the people who are in charge of finding people homes who are new to the city or Mm -hmm. creating homes in some way. That might be an interesting way to kind of ease the evilness out of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And something else too, um, which might give weird vibes, but bear with me. Um, if they're like the the sort of midwives <laughs> of the city, um, taking the the blood that oh okay yeah the blood that is spilled during childbirth and also offering that to the goddess, but they're you know obviously taking really good care of the the mothers in the situation. It's just blood I, everywhere. I get it. You could have easily went into like sacrificing babies there. No, no. I'm glad that you didn't. <laughs> Uh, another part of that ritual that I think is really important is giving the or giving the blood of the children right away, so they're part mm. of the city, so they oh, could yeah. not be afflicted by. Oh, the, it's like baptizing them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Baptizing in blood—that's pretty brutal. 
Craig. Well, <laughs> I mean, but remember, there we're again. I'm making sure that everything that we're looking at is good. Oh no, because, I, I, I know. Yeah, I know. quote unquote. It is. It is really all about perspective because. Yes. I mean, I I don't see them as like questionable in their role. They're definitely no. serving the community. No, not at all. Yeah. I, I just want to make sure that we're that we have virtue, literal virtue signals, so people don't immediately <laughs> uh-huh. come in here and murder the fuck out of everyone. Mm. You know. Well, the mm. the key I think with this class is um, preventing there from being any form of coercion in mm. joining this class. Yeah. Like you have to somehow incentivize people to become clerics in a way that doesn't involve indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where the charity work really comes in. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, look at all the good that they get to do for the community. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you want to be one because you'd be respected for the work you do, as opposed right. to it being yep. part of your doctrine that becoming one is the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, it's also your genuine, you have genuine purpose by giving back to the community and supporting mm-hmm. your community. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good to be done there as well. Yeah, right. exactly. I think our factions are pretty solid here, y'all. I think that we, Mm -hmm. like, somehow it worked out perfectly that we've got wilderness faction, city faction, interstitial faction. Mm -hmm. That worked out remarkably (laughs) well. Uh, So good job, everyone here. Uh, I think it's time for us to roll into our main quest. How do we feel about that? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. And Daniel, you've already been spitting out, like, plot hooks and adventure ideas all over the place. So why don't you get us started off here? Where do you feel the main quest lies? Actually, one thing. Um, is it gross to bring up menstrual blood as like a, a thing? Make it more so. of like a matriarchal kind of society? It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me either. I just know that some people are sketched out. But... Fuck them. Well, yeah, they're going to have to deal with it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> Yeah. If they're if they're grossed out by the menstrual blood and not the child sacrifice, like yeah. well, there's that's no totally child sacrifice. Whoa, 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 there's no child sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's clarify that. <laughs> well, no, but I made a joke about child no, sacrifice. I, I so I yeah. Like, also, if they're not grossed out by the the skittering like eyeless like <laughs> bat spiders, demon bats, but they're like, uh, okay, I love your series, except when Courtney mentioned menstrual blood once. Like that's not okay. <laughs> it's like then fuck uh, off, dog. Like you're you're in the wrong podcast, man. Uh, yeah. Also, one of the rare times where Courtney is adding that thirty percent of blood come in semen. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel, you really got to pull your weight, man. You really, really got to start like oh. adding more like. Gross. We need at least more fluids from you. That's all. I, can't. I don't do biological horror. No thanks. Well, you're missing out. I'm, I hate to say it, but you're missing out. It's all, um, all you guys. Well, I'm glad that Courtney and I can do it at least. Yeah. 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 <sighs> anyway, uh, mm-hmm. one thing I do mm-hmm. want to point out is that you mentioned that it's called the Blood Cave in the Google <laughs> Calendar. I just want to point out that is a really unfortunate caps. name. No, no, all blood, we're also blood talking caverns. about menstrual blood here. So. Blood, blood caverns, slightly. in all caps, though. That's important. You got blood cave and blood caverns. We even have like the like goop egg from um. That's, oh the, god, that's the chrysalis yeah. that's in the cigarette. Oh my god, you're not even yeah. wrong, Daniel. Oh, oh my god. Wait, yeah. so is this planet just like a giant? 
like vagina uterus situation. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. and then oh. and then the the sacred the sacred ceremony is bringing a giant jade egg into it. <laughs> yeah, so like think about it. The rangers are like the little sperms, and they're carrying along. Yeah, you know true. the yeah. future of humanity into the womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said you couldn't do body fluids. One of on. the the moth thingies or the spider monsters are those like literal like, crabs? Are they crabs? Yeah. yeah, they're literal crabs. Yeah, they're STDs. That's what yeah. they are. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. Well, yeah, because yeah, they're draining the life force out of the otherwise healthy body. So exactly. Yeah. Courtney, th- I just want to point out that this is entirely your fault. So I know. Um, I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, before Courtney interrupted us with blood cave stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel, you were going to tell us where you wanted to start us off with this main quest. The question is what I see as the principal characters, I guess. Right. I mean, guide us. Who's the, who's the, who's the character here? Who's the, or who's the I, positive force? I feel like there's a missing component. So like, I don't, I feel like it couldn't be, I don't want it to be someone in the city that's straightforward or at least it's mm-hmm. always in the city. I think, and there's a, a group of people I would like to introduce. People we had talked briefly about the um, horrifying spider monsters, um, cocooning people and then changing them in some way and then yes. letting them go. I thought maybe we have people who were from the city who had that sort of encounter and now are going back and they've learned something about the spider monsters that makes them less monstrous despite their horrific experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they carry perhaps with them some consciousness of the of the spider creatures in them mm-hmm. okay okay that is an interesting place to start mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i want to throw in my concept and then maybe Courtney, you can throw in your concept sure. and then we can blend them all together in some kind of glorious stew how's that mm-hmm. sound sounds good all right glorious menstrual stew <laughs> yeah absolutely that's what you wanted right i gave it to you that's that's an excellent <laughs> sound bite right there <laughs> i i completely agree that's staying in i love oh, it god um anyway i had this idea that we could have and this is going to sound kind of dark it's a cattle drive so if we want to have the rangers essentially act as like a cowboy type or something like that you can have them driving uh people from like it's it's the largest group of refugees or largest group mm-hmm. of settlements that they've ever found and they're like okay we've got to get this i don't know let's let's call it like 60 people mm-hmm. through this really dangerous treacherous part of the underdark that is just covered in you know like the skittering eyeless illithid things that daniel liked so much and that's that's just like one part like that's the story is this group of rangers has to come together and help this group of survivors get to the city. It's over the most dangerous part. And like, that's that's basically what I've got so far. It's simple, it is classic, and it is rife for all sorts of like intrigue and fuckery going on, not just with the monster attacks and stuff like that, but within the group themselves. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some you know, infighting and stuff like that. Maybe there's, and there is always this one character who's like shoves an innocent in front of like the saw blade to make sure that, that it's safe, you know, that type of thing. Uh, yeah. And Courtney, what about yeah. you? What's yeah, your, I wanted what's... to hear her thing before I react to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying to think of what would make another like good component to this. 
Um, Because I can definitely see how your both fit in together. Um, Maybe there's something to do with as the the ranger group is traveling, they're also trying to like cleanse the land in a way. And maybe this would bring in Daniel, your paladin type class, but maybe there's some sort of ritual that like obviously would involve blood because obviously um, that they can do to sort of cleanse the the caverns of the bat spiders. Interesting. Maybe it involves the um, the blood crystal things that we had talked about with the acolytes. Okay. Like planting those as almost beacons in the caverns. Or maybe finding out that those weapons are particularly effective against the spider bats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine they would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, maybe an, maybe an acolyte was brought on with the rangers because they anticipated needing a lot of like healing for the people as oh, they traveled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then during that process, they realized how effective the, the blood crystals were. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But it, because what we're going to see, if that's the case, is an evolution towards blood swords at some point. Mm. So just want to throw that out there. Keep that in mind. We have blood <laughs> weapons. Uh, and then we're like one dark cloak away from a 90s, like really edgy <laughs> character. And I'm totally cool with that. Yes. Daniel, what do you think of this gumbo we got going on here? I feel like there there <laughs> needs to be a twist here mm. in that. You know, they've they are prepared with the this combination of the acolytes, the sun sword people, the rangers guiding them, but there's something they didn't anticipate about mm-hmm. these um spider monsters that requires that person who has been touched by them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um and perhaps, you know, it's that, you know, the spider monsters aren't one just soup of evil. There's like different factions in them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, that's I don't good. know that's if, a good idea. Yeah, like maybe the the one, the ones who have been touched by them that have like psychic powers maybe have some sort of premonitions that because perhaps the the faction that want that is not against the humans believes in whatever's happening to the queen will like change their whole society like the chrysalis mm-hmm. she's undergoing so maybe like in a way they're helping the, the the psychic people who have been changed and they're helping guide them through the caverns too so like they can find the right path through it and the, the while the rangers can deal with the the dangers inside that path and mm-hmm. the acolytes and the, the knights can fight those dangers. Like, so they're all working in concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And when you say twist, I, I love the I, I, I thought the same thing you did, which is you bring in those people who have been touched by the spider bats. And, yes. you know, there's <laughs> the, there's going to be like a subsection of them within the group. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to look at them with distrust. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually earn that trust back by being like, no, there's something going on here you don't know about. Right. And then, mm-hmm. and then of course, if we're going to be really big and climactic about it, mm-hmm. I think what might end up happening is, you know, I, again, I, I can't help but think of this in like a trilogy style, right? Where the first book is you're introduced to the setting the spider bats and like a mass slaughter that happens, right? Yeah. You you only have the perspective of, you know, like the very narrow paladin or the very narrow ranger or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Or actually it would probably be paladin, right? Like you're fighting off this wave and waves and waves of the spider mm-hmm. bats. Book two, episode two is you get the perspective of the ranger who are guiding all these people from this besieged settlement you know, along with that paladin from the first book. Mm -hmm. And then 
book three, episode three is going to be, you get the perspective of the people who have been touched by the weird spider bats. Right. And you mm-hmm. get a much broader understanding of what's actually going on within the setting itself. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. climax. To be revelation. Yeah, right. And then the climax is, of course, them letting some of the spider bats into the city and like letting this light die out for just a moment so those spider bats can also have a moment of osmosis with mm-hmm. this goddess that's going on, you know? Mm. It's a broad, sprawling fantasy epic, all in the Underdark, and I'm totally here for it. I like it, and um, maybe maybe even the reason why that faction of spider bats was trying to get into the city in the first place was to like sacrifice themselves to their goddess figure to contribute their blood right. to, those, yeah. to the transformation. Yeah. 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 So they, yeah. that faction at least wasn't like trying to hurt the humans. They just wanted mm-hmm. to get to their like goddess queen figure. Right. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a bridge between them through these people who have been touched because you don't fear them innately. Mm-hmm. Like you can talk to these people as humans. And so that's a way for them to be a bridge between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those folks know the difference between, you know, like the, the blood razor clan compared to like the baby eater clan or whatever. The fuck, you know? <laughs> baby eater clan. <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I could even see an encounter. Like, so when you're making your way through the underdark stuff, uh, you're running away with the group and they encounter one of the spider creatures, but it doesn't attack them. And they actually mm-hmm. commune with it because the, the touched mm-hmm. person goes up to it and they're like, Oh no, you're going to get killed. But they actually commune with it. And there's like, this of course, moment, mm-hmm. you know? Did the, of course, that's what fiction is there for. When you're like, <laughs> you feel like mm-hmm. the, and you like tense up a little bit and then you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, actually it's okay. It's fine. Oh my God. And then maybe that might be even big revelation for people as well. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've never seen them not instantly murder someone. How about that? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, okay. The climax, right. We, we got to get to the climax here. Um, mm-hmm. The climax is, of course, the sun goddess finally coming out of its pupa form, right? Mm-hmm. And ascending into its evolved form. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we think that's going to be? Is it going to be like a butterfree? Is it a bee drill? <laughs> um, <Dear God. laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of other Pokemon references, but I'm I'm going to leave it up to you guys. What do you think the next step is going to be is what I'm trying to say. I don't even know. Um, I don't know if I want to know, you know, like leave it a sure. mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's always potential to come back here for a sequel as well. So mm. yeah, the, maybe the main quest is just like the idea that there is now peace between the, some of the spider bats and mm-hmm. the regular folk. I'm cool with that. Maybe the trilogy ends on like a, a cliffhanger to lead up to another trilogy because <laughs> you don't, you don't know exactly what the goddess is going to actually be. So you find that out later. Yeah, I mean, you can have a satisfying conclusion to getting mm-hmm. the spider creature in the in the chamber, contributing itself, and we don't know what the result will be, what the transformation will mm-hmm. be, but True. just the understanding yeah. among the acolytes that something will change fundamentally about their society going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe th- that's a great point, Daniel. It's like mm-hmm. maybe the ending is okay. We know that this is going to affect things, and then everyone holds their breath, and then the camera cuts. Yeah, because yeah, like, I can oh, see shit. the creature oh, walking man. through the glowing city, and it's never been in the city, and it's dying because the city's killing it. But it needs it's getting mm-hmm. it wants to walk up to the yeah. chamber, and it yeah. sacrifices itself into the chamber, and that's where we're absolutely. You know? Or yeah. maybe it doesn't even necessarily have to sacrifice itself. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. there to offer its blood or its blood, its yeah. blood equivalent. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Y'all, I think that's a successful <laughs> series. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I'm I'm ready to see this right up until like season six, because we all know season seven and eight. That's where it goes downhill. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> gotta, gotta cut it out early. You yeah. gotta you gotta shut yeah. down before it gets stale. Yep, yeah. exactly. That's why uh, to me the the Game of Thrones books are the perfect trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, uh, that will do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, or you can go to our Discord and submit prompts there. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to submit new and interesting worlds for us to build. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build. And if you're feeling particularly generous, like Diploraptor did, you can always give us money over on Patreon and access all sorts of cool stuff, including patron-only episodes. That's it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. Bye.